0: That was that was a skeleton that I got that I was maybe going to sell on Amazon that I decided not to. So now I just have a six-foot-tall skeleton.
1: Benny tried to open an Amazon store to compete with the legendary Betsy on Etsy and couldn't do it. So now he just has an army of skeletons in his closet. I, I, That's right. I had, I had, we, we all knew about those skeletons, though. Let's be real. I had a different like window open, so I wasn't like at this like looking into the zoom and Benny, your box had been connecting to audio for a while, and so I hadn't heard anything or seen anything and then just getting our our show notes right uh <laughs> logging into the right email and all this other stuff. then I click back on it and you're just sitting next to a skeleton plugging <laughs> headphones in. <laughs> And that's the kind of vibe we go for on the (laughs) Belligerent Beeves podcast, episode 104. We want some more, more skeletons, more shenanigans.
0: It's almost spooky season. Oh! Yeah gonna be real spooky for anyone that comes and plays at this year. for
1: everyone on oregon state schedule that's right damn right damn right damn right like a beaver damn right see see what we're doing there (laughs) puns on puns hot cross buns
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) but benny having a a guest a a skeletal guest this early in the episode is fitting not only because it's about to be spooky season for everyone unlucky enough to play America's New Darlings, uh, your your soon-to-be national champion, Oregon State Beavers football team, Uh, but also because the skeleton head is resemblant of the skeletal beaver on the t-shirt that JP is modeling for us. The skull and crossbones, cross swords, uh, lots (laughs) of meanings there. Uh, Beavers (laughs) never say die t-shirt that you can get at uh com slash merch uh to go along it, it looks great it's a great companion piece with the revenge tour pieces
0: mm-hmm. yeah it you will know, look especially good if you have bleached hair as uh, jp
2: does right now man i need to get it it cut is cut and redone it's getting long it is getting long yeah soon i'll wow.
0: get it done soon look how long my hair is oh man
2: i know wow it, that, actually
0: getting is getting,
1: that, that is a good quaff, even even when you tuck it under a snapback to match with your Florida Marlins jersey. Yeah. So You cannot get Florida Marlins jerseys or San Antonio Spurs snapbacks <laughs> or any other teal-based gear on belligerentbeeves.com slash merch, but that's what the internet is for. I'm sure Betsy and Etsy can hook you up. I am not wearing Beeves gear. I'm just wearing a, a normal... Uh, OSU Flying Beaver Shark t-shirt hoodie mm. that I got from Fanatics.
0: Looks good. It, it, it does look good. Thanks. And I have to say I looking at myself in the camera I feel like I have the opposite sized head as Canon Claycomb where mine, <laughs> mine is barely hanging on to two little snaps here and Canon Claycomb had the last snap and the yeah. the first little button uh, done. It was crazy.
1: It's basically the end of his snapback is like a usable tape measure. On any construction site. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you, listener, for tuning in to another great episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. Uh, our second to last episode before the football team starts playing games in this uh, much anticipated, uh, now, um, <laughs> yes, uh, much higher stakes having season. <laughs> Uh, the last dance, if you will, it's a last dance of sorts, and we've uh, we've got a lot to get into. Uh, next week, we will be recording our annual predictions show. Uh, mm-hmm. Benny will be predicting the team goes fifteen and no, but that's not that's not a spoiler alert. You already knew Benny was going to do it, and if this is your first time ever listening to bligent beefs podcast first welcome thanks so much for being here thanks for giving us a chance we we look forward to earning your loyalty <laughs> also benny picks beefs to go 15 and 0 every year it's kind of a bit and uh but the way in which he does it is can't it's can't miss podcasting
0: I have felt very strongly about them going 15 and 0 the last two years, but I feel even more strongly and maybe a little bit more legitimately about that this year.
1: And the first time you, the first time you did it, they went seven and six. It was their first
0: winning season in 10 years.
1: And the second time you did it, they went 10 and three. Yeah. So they're at least going 13 and 0.
0: Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's at least. without a doubt,
1: which puts which puts them in the college football playoff conversation.
0: It, it, yeah, I think. Yeah. Or maybe not because they'd be a foregone conclusion.
1: I, I, I would hope so. I, I think so. so. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I refuse so. to place my trust in, in any outside sources uh, at, at this juncture. Um, But again, thank you for being here for this episode of the Belligerent Beast podcast. Uh, Please take this opportunity to rate and review it five stars wherever you get your podcast if you haven't yet. And also please uh, suggest the show to a friend. We we, we need as much Beaver content as possible uh, in these times. And also... With Oregon State and Washington State being left in the dark in this realignment bullshit. We aren't going to talk about realignment for the rest of this episode. But we need to get out there and prove that we exist, that we are an engaged fan base, that we give a shit. So recommend our podcast, rate our podcast, start your own podcast. The more Beaver podcasts, the better. The more Beaver fam out in the world making noise, uh, telling the suits to go fuck themselves and shouting how dope Oregon State is from the mountaintops. That was one of the main goals when we started this, uh, now two and a half years ago holy shit
0: yeah that's Mm -hmm. crazy i was talking to my brother earlier today and he's like you have a podcast like yeah he's like how long have you been doing it for i was like two and a half years and that was the first like that was the first time that he's in iowa they may not
1: have gotten podcasts there yet
0: (laughs) they're still working on getting electricity to everyone
1: (laughs) just kidding my friends in ames and Iowa city we love you Um, but yeah, I, we've got a lot to get into, uh, JP, would you like to go, you were an honored guest, guest, well, you had Hmm. also, you were one of four honored guests as you had your children with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And my wife. And your wife. Five honored guests Mm. of athletic director Scott Barnes and the Oregon State Athletic Department, along with uh, everyone else who turned up to research as it was an event open to the public. But you were (laughs) a member of the honored public who made that trip. Would you like to get into your recap now? Or would you Ooh. like us to do the Reagan beer segment first? This is interactive choose your own adventure podcasting wow. that I'm bringing on you last minute impromptu. Mm. This is it in the show notes. JP the of episode 104 is kind of in your hands right now.
2: Let's start with the stadium tour. Oh, okay.
0: switching let's start, it up. Let's start yeah. With, nice. Let's okay. start with
1: this stadium tour. Um, yeah. Everyone. It looked like it was a great turnout. It um, did. I was lucky enough last week to be on one of um, our boy PMs, several Twitter spaces that he, that he's been hosting. Shout uh, out digital. Damn. Shout yeah. out. Digital Damn. Shout out PM. Shout out to big 12 Brittany. That's not her uh, handle, but she's been very supportive of beaver nation um we'll 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 figure out the handle by the episode Brittany, and hopefully send some more engagement your way i appreciate <laughs> it Um, uh, it was a great space to see but i know i know pm was down there um as well our um our homie, Linda Frady was down there and we got you, you, Betty and I got to vicariously see people through you from the pictures you were texting us as it was happening. <laughs> um, but it looked like a pretty special day. The weather looked great. And oh, so good the images and the videos are just sparkling.
2: Yeah. I think the, um, the, the positivity and the vibe around research stadium on Saturday was just transcendent. I think that it was uh, like almost like a early season rally cry from Beaver Nation. That like people, people showed up way more than I anticipated, and I didn't think about it until I was driving down, and we were about I don't know fifteen minutes behind, to getting there a little after eleven. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I didn't even think. Do I have to pay to park? There be, is there mean so many people here that there's gonna be like no parking around the regular like stadium parking lot? And I'm like, ah, well, I guess we'll you know play by ear. We'll see. We pull in. We go down Western, you know, we come up 26, we go into the parking lot and I'm like, this is jammed. Like all that, there's still cars going slow down every single turn of the parking lot. I'm going all the way around the stadium to the new side. I park over by the the medicine facility that's over there and get my first glimpse of that completed new side. And just, it, it felt like it felt like it was game day and that everybody anticipated that we were ca- that. about to you know, pull off a, a victory. You can just see it on everyone's faces first and foremost. And I, and I think that that was a nice reminder through all the negativity and the sorrow and everything else that we're feeling and reading and hearing on social media, especially that when you actually get in person with other Beaver fans, yes, we're not happy about what is taking uh, a toll on our fandom and our university and our athletes. But when it comes down to it, uh, we also all have you know, a ton of hope and an excitement for this season. And I think we shouldn't overlook that. When it comes to this stadium, I knew it would be nice. I thought they'd do a really, really good job. I mean, when they redid the east side, they did a really good job at that point in time. Like it was a very nicely redone section of a college football stadium. And I don't think that that could be downplayed when you think about the trends of architecture and fan experience and how that's changed in the last 20 years. This isn't like build a bunch of seats in a club level and call it good like it used to be. That's why it feels so like unfinished when you're on the inside of the uh old side now and i thought that would be the low like floor of how this new side felt looked everything about it you always anticipate they miss something right like oh that's weird why they do this like
0: especially with with your the eye for detail that you have
2: i went through every section every seat and <laughs> that side is <laughs> flawless Right. Flawless. I'm just imagining your
1: wife and three children with you being like, hey, it looks like there's activities on the field. Let's go to there. And you're like, I'm just looking at every stitching on every single seat.
2: (laughs) I mean, the club level is I mean, the main the main seating areas are still just head and shoulders above the the bleacher seats or the old plastic seats uh, from yesteryear. They're they are top of the line, top of the line, and and then you get in the club level and the founders club and everything else. And those seats are like almost fake. They're so incredible. Like the, there's padding on some of the seats that you're thinking, is this even like a necessary spot to put padding? Like no, they're the most cushiest stadium seats. that I think that uh, is maybe it's in the entire country. Not necessary
1: yet. We don't know how epic this season is going yeah, to be. Put like padding <laughs> everywhere.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And of course, like that's, you know, the high rollers and everyone else, they, all those uh, living room boxes, they're all pretty much sold out. And, you know, good on everyone for buying those up, because I think that that's uh, where they're making a lot of their money back uh, from season tickets. And so uh, having those locked down, critical big ups to all the families and groups that purchased theirs, because um, that's really important for, for our, our programs, and especially the football program. But I think what the biggest thing that stood out to me, other than the, just the lack of any imperfection whatsoever, was it wasn't this perfectly built uh, sports uh, venue. But it was for Oregon State, especially in my mind, like the first time since they redid the other side of Reiser that the the crowds and fan experience like came was was the most top of mind when they developed the plan for the new side, and it is it is very obvious. Like if you think about renovating Gill, when they renovated the Gill lobby and they talked about re, you know redoing the windows and some of the bleachers seats, most of what they were doing for Gill was to get a lot of the athletic administration offices on the main level and, right. and, and they tucked in here and there some you know a- added benefits of programs. They built the golf center and whatnot. you know shout out Bud Aussie. But they, but they first and foremost were doing it for the athletic department. I mean, it it was necessary. But they talked about it as this a fan experience. It'd be oh, the lobby now showcases all the highlights of Oregon State, you know, basketball, both men's and women's, throughout the years, whatever. And it was an improvement, but it wasn't a fan experience improvement. First and foremost, you look at Goss. Same thing, right? With the extension down the foul lines, that was. That was a facilities enhancement first and foremost that improved the crowd and fan experience. They built a brand new Jacoby Ellsbury locker room, and then they put a bar on top of it for the fans as a standing room only bar. You know, right? I mean, as long as they put a bar on top of it, you know, you're <laughs> yeah. getting our sign off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, nothing wrong with these renovations. They they did a great job with those, but they had they had ulterior motives that were for the facilities and the the student athletes and the athletic department before the fans. And that's okay, but this was very, very clearly for the fans and everything else was secondary. The welcome center sold it, right? The the new medicine or health, uh, student health center sold it. All of the year round usage sold it so they could improve the fan experience. And I'm telling you, There it wasn't a moment walking around that new side that I didn't feel like it was made for and only for the Beaver fam. It was incredible.
0: That's awesome. That gets me so excited. Like I was looking on Twitter uh way more than what I'm comfortable sharing. And it seemed like hold on you've
1: you've had the webcam open on a
0: screen at one (laughs)
1: dedicated screen at work for the last 18 months, and now you're uncomfortable sharing how much research you were putting into seeing how dope the news (laughs) has made was. Lean into it, Benny. (laughs) It this was why It was a lot. You. This is why I love you.
0: <laughs> it, it, it was a lot. And I mean, the comments that I was seeing uh, from the Beaver fam, like I saw one person say that this was the I don't want to misquote him, um, but it was something to the effect of this is the best stadium setup uh, that he's ever seen. And I thought that was an interesting way to describe it. And it's almost as if you're describing it the same way If there's just something about it that makes the fan experience from top to bottom, just top notch.
2: Yep. And I'll, I'll point out some of the reasons I think where they nailed it. And, and I think they're going to be different than a lot of people. Well, will, uh, we went through and tried the food. The food was great. You know, we, we went down Beaver street. I think that's an obvious improvement. One, not just Beaver street with what it kind of stands for, but the, uh, the fact that you can walk all the way around the stadium, we well, didn't get to do that, but I could envision it cause I could see, oh, this was the, you know, the old, uh, end of the terrace. There was nowhere to go from here. And then now I can, right. I could go that way. And then I walked all the way down Beaver street and I'm now in the south end zone, which is how you got onto the field for the most part. You had to go down the stairs that they had there. Um, and you just, you could feel how this would be so cool during a game and almost why the old east side would be so terrible to walk through because you couldn't see anything while you're over there so my biggest three um i guess just favorite things about the stadium and beaver street is an obvious one but i think all in all beaver street is one example that uh the planning committee whoever went through it like putting this thought into Vantage points. There is not one bad vantage point of the surrounding area, of the field, uh, of anything. And the same goes with there's no bad seat. But that's, that's almost a given. Of course, you would make seats, you sell lots of them, you need them to have good vantage points, the good views of the action. But when you're not in your seat, most the stadiums aren't built to care about that fan. Sorry, you're yeah. going to the bathroom. Sorry. Sorry, you need to get a hot dog. Sorry. Yeah. Every single spot you were on that side, you can see the field unless you're like in the bathroom. Right. And I'm not talking just on the main level up on the club level up on the third level. It, it's there's not one bad vantage point Uh, wherever you are. So you can enjoy the whole game without feeling and enjoy the whole side without feeling like you're missing any of the game. That was number one. But. I think that was the most important one because that, that's why the whole side I said is, thought about the fan experience first and foremost, everywhere, mm-hmm. the entire thing. Um, the other one that I loved, and, and I think this might come off wimpy, I guess, but I thought that because of those, the vantage points you could see the field from every single spot in the on the new side, um, there are a lot, <laughs> way, way more, especially than it was in the terrace, of covered communal areas <laughs> with That's vantage awesome. points of the field great ones i was on the third level the new highest level and i didn't go up out up the up the stairs to the seats up there but i was on the main level where there's the concourse area and you're covered by the seats above you and you can walk up to the railing and there's some seats that go down and right. see the field but when you look straight across the field do you know what your eye level with huh the toyota club level which <laughs> ha, it, like you're in the cheap seats on the brand new side and you're under a cover eye level with the cl- expensive old club level on the old <laughs> new side. And I, and I was like, I can hang here. I can have my kid run all over this place. There's so much room and I can still see the field and I'm not gonna get drenched if it's raining and I could enjoy my beer, my food, everything uh, without needing to be like indoors in a club level. And so the covered communal areas exist pretty much everywhere on that side uh the last one is i talked about the food it's really cool how they have it set up to kind of almost like cafeteria style with how you pick up the food it's almost all ready so you just walk up grab it and self-checkout and then go all of this it's like an like, amazon go store it is but then all of That's it is awesome. is within view of the field especially on beaver street but the best part was you can even do that for grab and go beer yes Shut up! Yes. Shut up!
0: Yeah. The T Mobile T Mobile Park just put that in this year, and it is awesome. Yeah, it's so yeah. cool. It changes everything. Yes, one hundred percent. It's so quick.
2: Oh, I, 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 remember the beer lines when the terrace first opened, and they were like one of the <laughs> only spots that wasn't club level selling. They really alcohol. underestimated how the enthusiasm
1: that existed for that. <laughs> yeah. It was like. Well, most of these folks are used to coming to Reecer and not having beers, so maybe two kiosks will will be fine. Yeah, and then all of us Neanderthals were just all in line at the same time with our backs to the field, being like, "We need a Coors Light, <laughs> dude." That
0: that line on the terrace for that one little bar cart, w- you could be in there for 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, and this right? is like, like yeah, multiple yeah, wild grab and go spots for for booze. The the actual areas that are more you know full service food still so well done lots of windows round like not just a wall of like you know metal rolled up windows but just like curving around the that corner from the entry of the new side onto beaver street so it just if it, you felt like a continuity of coming into the stadium and being in it uh and like there was not like no no aspect of like oh i have to go buy concessions and i'm going to feel left out of the of the experience which is what you got on the old new side I, I have to say as well and I think that this is really important to point out because there were people who weren't really thrilled with the change about the halftime uh, no reentry rule that went that's going to into effect this year right and I for one was indifferent on it I understood both sides of uh, the argument and you know, the position on especially the people who are like I've been tailgating at, and hosting a halftime tailgate for 40 years and now yeah. that's that tradition is crushed. And I, and I feel for, for those people. However, the the atmosphere in the Terrace and Beaver Street at halftime is going to be insane.
0: It's going to be all those tailgates in the common areas.
2: In one common area that sees the field. Dude. So the field can see them. They can see the field. The cameras will be able to catch people. That Beaver Street at halftime, the Terrace at halftime is going to be better i'm sorry That's why I'm i changed sure my you... name to
1: terrace horseman
2: yes i'm sure you've had a great <laughs> person who's had a tailgate for the last 20 30 40 years at halftime i'm sure it was phenomenal i'm sure the food right. and and just being welcoming uh all of that you did and served well but it is now a new era right. Thank of you. halftime and make the best of it, and I think that we have an opportunity to make something super unique on Beaver Street at halftime. Right, dude,
0: I'm so excited. I saw yeah. I obviously I, I saw the renderings. um Was really excited when they announced this. Was even more excited when when those renderings came out. And then again, like watching this whole thing grow um from the demolition of of the old side uh, and and seeing it really go from the ground up. We've talked about how exciting this whole thing is just hearing what you said and seeing what i saw on twitter and and that's including what what that one guy said about the best stadium setup to the football team like they had a lot of videos of the of the players on the football team up in the stands and they looked they were like over. they were starstruck. Yeah, I, I, dude, I, I'm I my excitement level has been amplified in the last three days. I,
2: I really do have to shout out the the football team for being out there and yeah. um, engaging. It was Like fans. all of them, right? They were all the there. Whole team was
1: out there. They yeah, were all
2: there, and it wasn't like appearance based. It wasn't like a here's your station. They had stations. They had like autograph stations that they rotate some of the guys through. Um, but when they weren't doing that, they were on the field. They were walking all over the stadium. They were not just like, here I am, I'm serving my my term, and then I'm out of here. I'm going back to home to sleep, or whatever. They were out there engaging, taking pictures, autographs, obliging for everything, everything and anything that people were throwing at them and doing it with a smile on their faces. And they were they were excited about the stadium. They were excited about the atmosphere and just like... It's just a vibe and, a, and an experience you only get at Oregon State. And it's because of the people that want to be in Corvallis to play for Oregon State, to play for Jonathan Smith, are good people who understand that this is an experience for all, not just them. And they're not just about themselves. And they're, they have such more self-awareness to, to see that they can, they can really bring something special to somebody else's day um, with, with what they might not feel is that big of a ask or a heavy of a lift. Like, I mean, I saw you know, uh, Deshaun Fenwick, obviously, and Damian Martinez. They were out in the field. They weren't just out in the field, like, taking pictures and waiting on lines. They were playing with the kids, man. They were chatting up with people, dabbing up everybody. Uh, Like, shout out Aiden Childs, who came up and said hello, you know, out of his own way. And he, like, just wanted to say hi. And we chatted about how he was doing. I was enjoying being, you know, at, at school, as you uh getting ready, like, adapting with the with season ramping up and everything else just being thrown his way as a young, young freshman. Um, and you know, like he'd have to do that. He didn't have to stop. He could have just kept on walking, gone in the Valley and called it good. Uh, DJU was out there, dude, t- like the, his line was deep and every single person that walked up to talk to him. He, he treated them like I was watching for a long time. I was out in the field with the kids. They were running around throwing football. I gotta also change <laughs> my opinion on something in a second, but, uh, you know I was keeping an eye on him and I'm like he's making every single person that's kind of him feel special right he, I, and and he's been out here standing in the turf for almost two hours taking pictures signing autographs <laughs> chatting up with people people come up, hey I'm so- and so I I know so and so just wanted to say hi and meet you and I could see in his face half the time he's like ah, I don't know what you're talking about but yeah hey, right. nice. <laughs> yeah. of course you know he played off really well um same goes with some of the guys at the, at the autograph booth when we saw. It. If this was you, I'm sure you were joking. But I walked by and I had to, it was a little bit of a cringy moment where they were signing autographs and I don't know who these guys were like I couldn't tell them you know by just looking at them and but this this elderly gentleman I guess says to them as autographing his like uh, card thing that he had and he goes, "Is this going to be worth some money someday?" <laughs> <laughs> The Player is like, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so, good on, good on you, good answer. Uh, but what, what I'm changing my opinion on is, um, we, we shouldn't do black turf. I'm sorry for ever, <laughs> ever saying we should do that.
0: It's, it's too gimmicky for how nice of a it's of not gimmicky
2: is. it's a million degrees. That's why it's a bad It's
0: too <laughs> hot,
2: dude. I was out there on the green, Fine, green when it's the turf. And holy crap, I was sweating my ass off and I was just standing oh, there in you a go. t-shirt and shorts. Belligerent thieves, <laughs> listeners, J.P. Bertram has changed
1: his opinion on something, which for the first time, honestly, time ever was as unlikely as Oregon <laughs> State winning the college football playoff. So I do think Benny's inevitable prediction of a 15-0 season and the one true banner hung in the middle of Beaver Street may come to fruition with Uh. JP circumventing any kind of uh, excuse or or double down and just saying like yeah it'd be too hot that this is an incredible <laughs> moment of blizzard Beef's history. Um, I well, didn't want to interrupt you. I do real quick just because Benny mentioned the old side and you know nostalgia is a hell of a drug. I'm not gonna miss that at all. But I do want to pay homage to one of the greatest videos you ever made, JP, in regards to the old side and ask that you please play five seconds of "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine Dion. <laughs> and maybe we should retweet uh repost or whatever we need to reshare that video uh that you posted the day that benny referenced the day that the old uh old east side was demolished and old I west believe, side west uh, old west side sorry uh and that was the perfect response we could have had and yeah just a great video by you my friend and a great song i think uh, the, the video is the My Heart Will Go On of videos and vice versa. <laughs> and uh, Celine Dion, come on the pod.
2: Yeah, yeah, if you want,
1: She's yeah. only, only if you want. I but like French Canadians. Benny, what were you gonna say? Uh,
0: oh, just going back to your comment about Aiden, um, and sort of wrapping this with what you said about how special Beaver Nation is. Number one, with with Aiden, he's still 17, right? He's yes. 17 years old until September. The, yeah. the, the, the fact that he's so comfortable, uh, it, it just in his own skin as a 17-year-old, that he's able to go up to somebody that's uh he, and Lindo, he old, and Lindo are hanging went, out, <laughs> right? But he went he went up to someone twice his age with JP who had his family there. Whoa. like me. Well, me as the 17-year-old, that would be okay. whoa. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that, that would be terrifying. And the fact that he was doing that, I don't day. care
1: if we really are twice anyone's age. Why would you say that out loud, Betty?
0: This i'm just a, saying in uh, general not jp a, not jp in general but i understand what yeah. you're doing actually right, more but, than twice his age but yeah <laughs> but, well man again we're, well, gonna, aggressive. we're gonna
2: go there let's be active yeah why are we yeah, attacking each other with
1: violence we are purveyors <laughs> of positivity on this podcast <laughs>
0: but my my point being that that smith is getting guys in that are intelligent beyond their peers yeah. by heads and shoulders um and, and and mature in the same way but also like you said people that want to play in corvallis like it's sort of for the same reason that we got left out of this whole realignment thing is the reason that it makes corvallis so special is it's not for everyone um and the players that are here want to be here uh yeah. and, and i think that's so awesome i I think that is almost just as exciting as as the whole stadium aspect was was the experience that you had with these players and i'll tell you i saw a picture of fenwick with a kid that looked maybe 10 years old so sort of in the prime of being starstruck and fenwick looked just as excited in the picture as the kid did so that that was really cool to see yep very cool
1: also i think the pr brain that i'm unfortunately saddled with can't help but think it's a good thing just for the perception of Oregon State and for years and years down the line that the visitors locker room is, is no longer like a walk down the street, not Beaver Street, <laughs> but like the outside street and then like into the basement of Gill and wherever the hell they tucked away that thing. Uh, so now when it's, you know, the hot shot for whatever team we're playing, it's just like, man, this isn't working out. And they're like, Oh, this stadium looks sweet. And if the visiting locker room is, it's nice. I bet everything else is nice too. They're not making me walk through. Th- I will miss the, no, have you seen
2: the visitor locker room? There's a photo it's,
0: of it. Dude, it's it so looks like a prison minimum. Bathroom. Yeah. It's well, just bare minimum.
2: It can
1: be minimalist. That's fine. It's no, not no, no, like, it's like cin- painted it's, cinder blocks.
2: And like, uh, the, Metal the, hooks. Yeah, the this fact,
0: is like minimalist Chicago style, not minimalist is Miami style. That
1: it's the <laughs> fact that stadium now complete with visitors locker room is a step up from it's where true. we
2: were yeah, I, I don't know it was they a don't stadium don't even, tra- imagine
1: a- losing to the beeves and having to walk a block and a half in all of your pads and shit while everyone's yelling at you to get to your stuff and to change and shower dude i don't know that was that was a
0: stadium tradition it was like the, that was the horn, it was like the horn to call everyone back from halftime hearing that like click clack click clack click clack click clack <laughs> oh, all their fleets going across the <laughs> asphalt. Hey, and then be like, I, I can't I'm get across
2: it. this thing, and I have to wait for the entire like right. 70-man roster
0: <laughs> to get past this. but the offensive line hasn't even left build yet. Right. It's <laughs> and,
2: forever
1: And it's uphill too. You just played a football game. <laughs> like, oh my god. I that's something uh I'm I am excited about. But thank you for that beautiful recap, JP. And also I think it was just good. Whether it's just a free day for the fans or or not, just to have a triumphant day, like a yes. positive day, just a fun day, uh, it's gonna be great when we get when the whistle blows, the games kick off, and we start stacking up wins. But just for this to like step away from the doom scrolling and be like, okay, yeah, we have this jewel of a building here where we've already made a lot of incredible memories, and those memories are preserved through the care. And the attentiveness and thoughtfulness that went into this renovation. It's not like they just tore everything down, threw as much money at it as possible. Uh, to, you know, build some, you know, newfangled facility that looked like it could launch into space at any moment. Um, (laughs) Hashtag SoFi Stadium. But (laughs) it's like, it's so, it's, it's so well done. um, Just even seeing it, like it doesn't, it it still looks like Reser. Yeah, exactly. Like it fits right in. Yeah. It's not like, it's like sometimes like Soldier Field did this where they tried to preserve the old thing and they just like did like a new thing. And it honestly just looks like a spaceship spaceship inside of a Roman temple landed on a monument (laughs) and also somehow has the worst turf (laughs) in professional football um I digress but just like I don't just I I can't wait to get there I'm officially going to the UC Davis game uh opening weekend uh so I will be there I'm so fucking excited to be there with everyone and just to see it in person to to touch it, to see it, to smell it, and just be on sensory overload with with greatness. Um But this is a day this is a day the fan base needed. To start the get this because we can say like oh, I'm just not even paying attention to this realignment nonsense anymore. But it like that shit just finds you. Like uh like Dashel's last three mailbags, like Dashell's like trying to like be like, let's talk about the <laughs> Turn over the defensive backs room, and these guys who've got some experience, get some questions, whatever, and we'll get into that later in this episode, and, like, everyone's sending him, like, we should sue Oregon right now, (laughs) and it's like, I understand the passion, but also, we need to take care of ourselves, we need to take care of our spirits, uh, and our minds, and our souls, and remind us that we've got it pretty good as Oregon State fans and we get to be a part of this awesome community and this awesome new stadium complete with a complete with a concession stand called Chop-Em-Sticks.
0: Yeah chop em sticks <laughs> shout out to chop em sticks one one thing that really came to mind when hearing JP and, and seeing what was on Twitter and um was it doesn't I mean it does but at the end of the day it doesn't really matter who else is playing in Reecer other than the Beavers To have that stadium uh, and more importantly, like the Beaver fam, that's not going away. So I think in these times that uh, the worst part is just the unknown part. uh, I think we can hold solace in the fact that we have this super dope stadium now and we have a great community that's that's, both of those are, are staying powers and will be there forever. Hell yeah. Well said.
1: Thank you for that beautiful recap, JP. Let's do a super quick Reagan Beer segment, and then let's uh, talk about some actual X's and O's and some actual football that's happening. Let's do it. Uh, JP, would you like to start us off?
2: Yeah, I'm just going to cheers to the Beaver Fam and Research Stadium with the, with the Starburst. Awesome. Yeah. I will meet that cheers. Uh, once again, my small
1: seg- portion of this segment is sponsored by the good people at Coors uh, and Blue Mountain <laughs> Silver Bullet, Inc., uh, looking at the Blue Mountains today reminded me of the great show, Blue Mountain State, and how epic and amazing that show was. So I will also be cheersing to the Beaver fam, to Research Stadium, to Beaver Street, to Chopham Sticks, to this great season we're about to have, but also to Blue Mountain State, a great TV show that existed in 2011, and that makes me happy.
0: Nice. Shout out 2011, best summer ever. Dude, no <laughs> kidding. Dude. <laughs> Uh, for for the listeners, that was that was the first summer that uh, we left Oregon State. Some of us graduated, some of us didn't. I thought you were about to say left
1: Corvallis, and I yeah. was about to be like, we were nah, still in Corvallis, dude. which of, was amazing. You two were in Corvallis. Yeah. I, were we? we was that it.
0: wasn't the first summer in Portland.
1: No, 2012 was your guys' first mm. summer in Portland. Mm. 2011 was my first summer in Portland, mm. and you
2: terrorized me. Yeah, oh, but
1: 2011 was the a... terrorized no, no, no. me.
2: Yes. <laughs> we oh, graduated in. We graduated you, in 2011. We you we graduated, and then 2011. we
0: stayed. In, and, and you, you guys lived in that summer
1: in the hyphy oh, house. You two oh, lived yeah. in the hyphy house that summer. I was up at Salmon Towers in Portland. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's when I was like working as a telemarketer. <laughs> oh with no, no, that chair. was later. Yes, back of yes, my chair. Yes.
2: Oh yeah. yeah, that was. Okay, and your room was thing. so hot. The, I just have to. I have to describe this setup. This might oh, be. Yeah. better for a Benny's bonus belligerence, but but like <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. Benny's first post college job was. Uh, <laughs> Still in Corvallis, working, uh, like, essentially, you were, like, one of the first, like, remote employees that I knew. Yeah.
1: Um, Ahead of the me. game, baby! Yeah. That was
0: That was by far the best part of the job, <laughs> and it is going downhill for me. What, what
2: an innovator. So, for whatever reason, you were, like, answering phone calls for businesses, but, like, multiple I, businesses, and you had to yeah. know, like, how to answer them based upon what business... The customer was calling you it, it was like
0: uh yeah it was like businesses outsource their customer service
2: yeah and so yeah
0: I but the, this. the requirement was
2: you had to be connected not over wi-fi but directly through ethernet so we had <laughs> we had just a long enough ethernet cord to string it, it.
0: just long enough <laughs>
1: <laughs> string Do you think anyone okay. knew that their customer service was being outsourced oh, to no, a dude in Corvallis with just no wait. shirt and no back to his chair? Yes, <laughs> or
0: or shorts.
2: Yeah, because oh, he, we had to, he had to be in his room so I could like hang out in the rest of our tiny house, but the Ethernet cable was strung like chin level through the house to his bedroom in order to reach his laptop.
0: Which, dude, there was no maybe, slack in it. Maybe,
2: yeah, maybe made it like three feet beyond the door with still no slack. And, and you doubled were double as a sh- clothesline. It was efficient. <laughs> with, yeah. But because there was no AC in this house, it was dead of summer in Corvallis and the door was closed. Oh God. He was sitting dude. there with no shirt, no shorts, with a laptop tethered <laughs> and no chair. Three feet from the door and the back of your chair had no pad. It was just yeah. the seat in a pole.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you were it and I walking
2: in one day being like, if the people that are calling only yeah. knew <laughs> who the guy was on the other end, sweating his ass <laughs> off in a <laughs> palace <the Corvallis laughs> bedroom with no clothes on. So, the moral of the story
1: here is the next time you're really mad when you're on customer service with like Home Depot or Delta. <laughs> yeah. Just know that you're talking to some kid without a shirt on. In a 90 degree bedroom. go you know back to his chair in his first post-college job in a bedroom without air conditioning oh. and an ethernet cable that is <laughs> yes. toyed wrapped
0: was yeah. God, it was, yeah it was like what he had in Home Alone where he like flung the little, little I can't, hear the bing. Bing. yeah.
1: I can't believe you didn't fall victim to the same booby trap as if Macaulay Culkin himself said it for you. Dude, oh, I man. will tell
0: you what I was questioning if I should have gone back to school and graduated at that point because terry who did graduate was working for the portland timbers where he got to wear a suit and i was working in my underwear with no back to my seat with like the most the most immobile setup that's ever existed
2: and you were doing like six hours a day like daytime hours too so it was like afternoon hours which was the hottest time of the day it was yeah. so. Hot. We for sure need
1: to do a Benny's bonus belligerence of just like the most like confusing calls you got. Oh man, someone <laughs> coming to outsourced fix a problem. Customer
0: service. You had no
1: idea. It's like I, we, we we will start talking for three hours if we go into details of any of these things. I'm just, saying, about, I'm just
0: saying. I'm just saying it. It was minimum wage so, like seven twenty five or whatever it was at the time. Oh my, too Seven twenty five an hour to just get screamed at because yeah. that was the first human that they talked to like after going through this whole prompt
1: you were the first person they talked (laughs) to after spending like 10 hours like not 10 hours but just like going through all of the hoops where they like say like say what you're calling for today yes. so the people calling you hadn't had any human contact but had like, fucking like operator. 30, 32 minutes yelling that representative talk <laughs> to a representative
0: talk to a representative account info sending you to account info <laughs> yeah it i didn't awful. i didn't catch that <laughs> yeah i didn't match that
1: <laughs> um so to wrap up this convoluted path through this not quick at all beer segment benny do you have any vices to share with us
0: tonight uh i just smoked before and i'm finally coming down but i was looking i, I was very focused on how my hat was centered for the first hour of the podcast so i am coming down now nice not welcome, not back. There you go. It welcome looks, back yeah yeah that's
1: great well cheers everybody. Cheers. Cheers! Cheers to research Stadium! Cheers to the Beaver fans! Salute! Yeah! Cheers to Reaser! I might have potato salad from Reaser oh. during the segment next week. That's, Dude, that's that's I great. go,
0: I go, Luxury. I I go to Fred Myers, which is about double the distance as it is to Safeway, just because they have Reaser salsa. That's the only reason. Gotcha. Yeah, Got it's you. so yes. good.
1: Speaking of the best stadium in the Pacific Northwest, uh, located in Corvallis, Oregon, which is of course the Paris. Of the Pacific Northwest, Oregon State University, the Harvard of the Pac-12. I'm not editing that to Pac-4 yet. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, suck at Stanford. I mean, (laughs) Uh, no
2: matter where where this all ends up, we're still the Harvard of that conference. Let's be real, Harvard of that conference.
1: Um, second to last episode before the football team starts playing games. We've been. We're 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 pretty deep into fall camp now. We've been reading the great coverage, watching uh watching the videos. Who looks good? Everyone's in the best shape of their lives. That's what everyone in every training camp, uh across the country, college and pro, uh is saying. Uh, but I'm curious. Like, are there any burning questions that you guys still have? This can be about anything, uh in relation to you know who might be playing. Uh, what position, um, who might be in line for a workload increase, who you think is going to have a breakout year, anything like that. And then also uh, I want to get into who we think the most, uh, what we think the most intriguing position group that aren't quarterbacks are. Because obviously the quarterback position is very intriguing, but I want to hear from y'all on the position groups. But first, just general burning questions. Like Benny, now that we're into uh, the second half of August now, Um, what, what's sort of the biggest sort of question or even just talking point that's on your mind related to the, the football team and the, uh, X's and O's, uh, side of things.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited to see our wide receiver corp this year. Um, specifically Anthony Gould. I think he is going to be the one that benefits the most from, um, both DJ and Aiden and Ben. Um, but specifically DJ, who has been around the block, understands um, you know, very high level college defenses, uh, and is going to be able to get gold, the ball and, and if gold can get the ball, he's, he has the ability to lead the nation in yards after catch. Yes, um, absolutely. I, I, he is so quick. And if we can get him the ball in sort of strategic situations, um, I think DJ is capable of doing that. Uh, and, and I think gold, if he gets put in those positions could have a monster year.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that too. And I think, this might be getting into sort of the, the position group stuff, but I, I think we have a pretty solid receiving core. Um, and I do think that the tight ends will be used a ton. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week and at least the top three tight ends in Jack Vellin, uh Jake Overman and Cal transfer Jermaine Terry, the second, those are all big dudes. <laughs> and I think uh, maybe make it, you know, I I think I was the first one last year, maybe even the season before being like, I like these receivers. No one's mistaking any of them for Randy Moss out there like where where is where, the height? um but you know, I think with those that group of tight ends and uh players like like Gould who you mentioned, who is uh um you know preseason, all-American punt returner uh, combined with Silas Bolden preseason All-American kick returner. Uh, they're going to open things up. Josiah Irish is back. Um, and then some of the, the younger guys, I think, you know, there's there's not a ton of height. Some of them are taller than both Gould and uh, Silas. Uh, but I think it's still a pretty versatile, when you group the tight ends in there, uh, it's a pretty versatile group that tick a lot of boxes and and will be able to help each other. And I just think with our, like, our running game and the tight ends being threats too, like, they're not going to be able to put, like, like double team Gould or Bolden. And you know, I don't think many DCs are like, oh, yeah, let's, like, take our, our whatever All-American Safety or our top cornerback. Uh, and put them on these, you know, these these shorter receivers. Like a lot of DCs don't really think like that. So I I do think, especially with the way our offense is going to run and how crisp of route runners both of those guys are, like they're going to eat maybe more than anybody.
0: One hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, people people look at the at the running game, obviously. Uh, you know, Dame is is predicted to have an amazing year. Um, off of a an amazing freshman campaign. Um, offensive line is stacked once again. I mean, every single ranking that I've Absolutely. seen of the offensive line has them at least in the top ten, most in the top five. Um, and I think it's really, really hard for a defensive coordinator to game plan around um a, a group of quarterbacks and receivers that could really out on their own and have have to prepare for a running game that with game and the offense line, you could make an argument that it's the best or potentially the best uh running offense in the country. I, I mean could, the fact that it could be yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, having those receivers and the tight ends adds just such a different dynamic that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, but could if they hit on all cylinders and they really outperform um, or even perform to sort of the standard level that I expect, it, it could be right. one of the top offenses in college right. football.
1: So Gould is the first team all Benny selection in preseason. 100%. Okay. Yep. So that was a roundabout way of essentially saying, We really like the whole offense. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's true. JP, same thing. Biggest burning question or questions on your mind uh, at this point here. uh, I don't know if I said the date we're recording this. It is Sunday, August 20th when we are Mm -hmm. recording
2: this. Um, So, yes. uh, Any biggest burning question that's on your mind, my dude. I think this one will actually come down to maybe deciding a very critical outcome for the season. And it's, do we have a healthy Everett Hayes? I think that I was going to wear a kick. You read my mind, baby. (laughs) If we, if we have the Everett Hayes that we uh, know to have um, had on our side for the last four years, uh, Mm -hmm. excluding last season when he was, clearly, visibly ailing and injured, then I think that uh, there will be points where this season comes down very, very, very important points of the season that comes down to a kick um, or lack thereof. Um, either we attempt it or we don't, and it will come down to his health because I think his talent's there. Actually, I know his talent's there, but I think his health will be the determinant factor of uh, do we go for the kick? Do we go for you know just the touchdown? Sure. Uh, do we g- give him a chipper that is a lot harder for him than we envision because he isn't healthy, et cetera If he's healthy, I like, I like this team's um, ceiling because I think it's only I think they only go as far as their kicker can take them, which sounds really silly but if you don't have a kicker that can help you uh, punch in points when the offense can't finish like complete the swing, um, that won't help you tack one on uh reliably at the end of every successful drive, then you're you're facing an uphill battle. So the biggest question mark for me, not that I'm worried he's not healthy, but it, I wanna know what the ceiling of this team looks like. Uh sure. and it all comes down to his health. So Everett Hayes to me Good is call. the biggest question mark.
1: Well, and apparently he and Sappington are having quite the battle in camp, and they both look really good.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it could be it could be whoever I, I but I you got to trust you got to trust the experience. I mean, a fifth year. I, senior. I I get
1: it. I get yeah, I get that. But I do I do think I I this, I wasn't going to say kickers as the most important position that I wanted to focus on, but. Well, I had to take something no one else is talking about that. So exactly, and that's why you're here listening to the Belligerent Beefs podcast. (laughs) Um, Atticus Sappington versus Everett Hayes in camp, and I had to say to even use that language because you know it's they're they're on the same team, but also there can really only be one kicker who's scoring the points. And yeah. I know they've, they've used Sappington as a kickoff specialist at times, uh, when Everett has either been, been hurt or just to, to protect him or whatever, but they're both when they've been healthy, pretty damn good kickers with, with a lot of leg. And I think that will, that will be something that's, you know, uh, interesting to watch through the rest of camp and then say, you know, like we'll be playing. I, I fully expect us to open things up a bit against San Jose state, but that's, that, that's not, that's no San Jose state is no slouch of a football team. They're, they're going to test us. And I think there will be moments where uh, a drive stalls and Smith has to make the choice between going for it on a th- third and mid or third and long or a kick a 45 plus yard field goal. Yeah. And I'll be really interested to see what decision he makes and then which kicker comes out after that. And I, yeah. so if we have a fully healthy, fully, uh, you know, lethal Everett Hayes, who was fantastic in that Civil War game against Oregon last year, but also had uh, up and down near health wise. So great observation, JP.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. I didn't see anything about that yesterday at the open house of research.
1: Everett wasn't just drilling kicks while people were like on the field. (laughs) 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 <laughs> probably probably a good thing that that would be a little bit a little bit uh, a little risky uh, uh, oh uh, yeah hazard. yeah mine kind of comes down to like i was trying to come up with a question that wasn't just an overview like oh how good can this position group be and how good can this position group be but essentially my questions biggest burning question is can the d line elevate to be the biggest strength on a great defense uh, Cause it is the most experienced unit on the defense. And last year we had the best defense in the conference and I expect us to have close to the best defense in the conference again. And just guys like James Rawls, Sione Laleja, uh, and Isaac Hodgins and, and more uh, with a lot of, you know, good, good linebackers and, good good defensive backs behind them um i expect it to be a strong unit but i want to see like just a dirty defensive like we didn't we got after the quarterback a little bit last year but we didn't see a ton of like finished sacks yeah and i think that is like something like that's what separates like a team that goes 10 and 3 that could be like 12 and 1 or something like that like those plays are i think are crucial and in reading, I think it was this yesterday, Dashell's article about the Dan Camp, it's like Rawls looks amazing and like looks like a transformed player, even. And he was a pretty damn good player for us last year, uh, and before that. Um, and like it, the D line looks ready to step up and be the the best position group on this on this defense. And if that's the case and our we have if we have the number one D line in the conference and the number one O line in the conference and we're just owning the trenches, like it's gonna be a fun year uh because everyone else behind him is gonna eat but i just feel like we've the d-line has been solid throughout this entire smith rebuilding tenure but they haven't truly elevated to making a ton of like the sexy plays the sacks the strip sacks things like that when it's like when the lights are brightest and I think that's fair though like I love every single you know player who's come through here and has been a part of this D line and I'm stoked but I just wonder if they can if like they can get into that conversation where the offensive line has been a Joe Moore award finalist as a top five unit in the country could the defensive line join that same level of prestige i
0: i saw dashel uh come out with something i think it was today where he said um that there are nine legitimate starting caliber uh defensive linemen on the team so oh, they yeah. can switch and do a complete rotation mm-hmm. and not drop off too right. much and and i think just that depth even more than having like an absolute superstar on the defensive line having the depth of right. of that much on the defensive line is almost better i think right
1: oh and some. Of of these guys too it's like have been our bigger recruits that haven't played yet like Matthias yeah. malachi donaldson like, depending on the scheme c- could be grouped into the linebackers could also be you know ed- edged on the on the d-line Quincy Wright, big recruit um we haven't seen a ton of yet uh but so like and of course kelsey howard who was our highest <laughs> rated defensive recruit ever and the highest rated recruit uh, of this class until Aiden Child's <laughs> rating got kept getting bumped up and bumped up by uh, by our friends at twenty four seven sports. Uh, so like, yeah, there are dudes, and they're like, there is a lot of like talent capital. A lot of times we're talking about these players and this makeup that it's like, oh, these coaches have found diamonds in the rough. Da-da-da-da-da. Like there are people who cover the entire every team in the country and are just saying. Oregon state has the shitload of talent in the front seven with the, with the this level of recruits, um, that make up Jonathan Smith's roster. So I think there's, I, I think what we've seen in the last five years is barely scratching the surface of how good it can be. Uh, and there's just going to be another, another level reach. And I think a lot of that will depend on health. Uh, but like you said, Benny, there's a lot of dudes and I, I hope, I can't wait to see how Bray mixes it up. I, I guess like. That's the thing too. Is like this another like full season, you know, Bray now has one full season of being a defensive coordinator under his belt and the the reins have to be completely off. And it's just like, all right, TB, do what you do. And I'm excited to see how he mixes it up with these different position groups that have a lot of guys with a lot of experience. Yeah, uh, but also there, I think there's more room for creativity than there's ever been on the defensive side of the ball,
0: for sure. And and one thing that I really really want to see out of the defensive line uh, is containment, because you have Cam Risen on the schedule, and Michael Penix Jr. on the schedule, and Bo Nix on the schedule, like Shadour he- Sanders. <laughs> yeah no shit
1: yeah that well, sh- uh siobhan cadero siobhan cadero san jose state's quarterback. i've i've been doing some sicko research y'all oh <laughs> um san jose state they got a good quarterback and he's a dual threat
0: I will say last year, the most frustrating thing about the defense was our inability to um, contain quarterbacks that could run, right? And so if if we can fix that up and put pressure on the quarterback, like the sky's the limit.
1: By last year, do you mean always? oh
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah it it's true and um and I do I think that if we can put pressure on their quarterback and not let them sneak away I mean th- I felt like there were so many plays last year where we were within within an inch of being able to sack him for a 10-year 10 yard loss and he gets 15 yards so um and that maybe would be just huge. get
1: some more big play luck there where like a lot of those do turn into sacks and we yeah. go from a team that doesn't get a ton of sacks to a team with a ton of
0: sacks. well and if if you if you have uh nine guys that you can shuffle in and out and you're going against an offensive line that's not shuffling in and out like those um those sacks i think will we will see a lot more of those in the second half of games than we will in the first yeah yeah should we go to position groups we should go to position groups um i guess so we, we kind I of, we, we just, kind just, of did. just
1: did it uh <laughs> real quick well, we need JP to talk about the punting competition. Uh, <laughs> that one, I actually, I don't know if there is one, uh, JP real quick. One position,
2: give me two minutes on one position group. You want
1: us to talk about running backs. You can talk. I
2: about was going to say running backs to me is still, um, I almost brought this up earlier, not as a question mark, but this is for the same rationale it's. Uh the that the the running back room is so stacked. It is so stacked that like we've talked about this already that one of our guys transferred to an SEC program. That's how yeah. stacked yeah. our backfield is. <laughs> However, I really think that both uh Damian and Deshaun are such grounded individuals that the hype or Um, any expectations, they don't buy into it. It doesn't really fuel them in any way. They're still very, like, humble individuals. i mean, talking to them this weekend. Um, Nothing has seemingly changed. And the way that they just interact with others uh, as their own celebrity really has grown in in the last year. And I think that kind of... personality trait translates really well to being able to focus the task at hand and not letting your head get too big and i just think that the pressure that might be pressed upon them from outside forces to really um up level from where they were last season uh from those expectations and some of it's already been late i mean damien getting some of these preseason nods right like uh, it's already happening, and I just think that both of those guys don't care, and they're they're going to uh, improve, whether or not the accolades are showing up. And they're gonna have, um, I think, a very uh, memorable season between the both of them uh, that we haven't seen in a long, long time from uh, a running back duo Mm -hmm. at Oregon State. And you
1: got got Newell. Totally, yeah. like I the 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 room is stacked. Like remember when I used to say like my prediction is that Trey Lowe will pop one. (laughs) Uh, I I I think like the new one is going to be like Newell will like get dirty <laughs> and I'll be able to claim that he did it. <laughs> Newell's getting the ball a lot this year, especially I, I, I wish for better uh, injury luck for him than Trey Lowe, uh ever had for us. Oh, geez, um, yeah. But like, he's looking great this camp. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I mean, there's
2: a, there's a lot of, a lot of ways that this this group could be successful. Um, But I think sometimes the players who are supposed to shine the most, who get the most, Uh, spotlight, have the hardest time matching and exceeding those expectations. But I think that this group is the right blend of personality and the right blend of confidence and self-confidence that they, and talent, of course, as we've mentioned, but they'll get it done. Um, I think they'll get it done, again, in a way that's very memorable, uh, whether it's individual achievements or just uh, a backfield so productive that we will never be able to forget this kind of season.
0: I second that. I think that's a very strong possibility. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Is there another position group you would like to talk about, Benny, or did we nail it? Um,
0: no. The I I guess I did kind of talk about wide receivers. The the position group that I think is um most important uh in terms of the season potentially uh, pending on is the defensive backs. I know I've talked about this a little bit this offseason before are Um, but I think where before I was a little on the fence of not being sure how, how good they potentially could be. Um, I think they're going to be really good. And I think uh, they are because you have uh, Julian coming back. Uh, You have Oladapo who is getting preseason recognition um, from a a number of different uh, places. Uh, And you have Trent Ray, who um, I think the, the one part of the defense that he shored up the most was the defensive backfield. Um, he, he sort of played in that arena uh, when, when he was at Oregon State as well. And I think he knows um, those positions very, very well. Uh, and I think that he'll be able to, um, no matter who we have in, in the corner position, he's going to be able to. Uh, make sure that Julian and um, Oladapo are in the right positions uh, and, and they almost take these cornerbacks under their wings, especially um, I wouldn't say that our uh, the beginning of our non- or our non-conference season is um, is weak because San Diego State does, um, you know, they are a really good football team and, and San Jose State is, is a road game and it's to open up the season. You, you don't really know, but I do think um, if the games go the way that 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 we are hopefully anticipating uh, that it's going to allow them to work out some kinks Um, and and just in terms of getting the most uh, sort of direct attention from Bray uh, I I really don't see it being a problem or or one that maybe is a problem for the first couple games and get shored up really quickly so. Um, but I do think a lot is writing on that position. I think the defensive lines there, linebackers are a little up in the air, especially with, with Omar leaving. Um, but I think if you're going to have a really strong, uh, front four front five and have a really strong defensive backfield, um, it's, it's going to be really, really, really good. Um, and I I know there's a, a, you know, a lot of speculation that we've thrown out between, you know, the tight end group, the receiver group, I think all of us think that they're going to be uh, better than maybe advertised. Um, And, you know, the defensive backfield is where I'm optimistic. uh, You know, it is still up in the air. But if those three position groups sort of pan out the way that we are hoping to see, and I think somewhat thinking we will probably see, um, that's where we get into that sort of fun game of 15-0 and are the odds in our favors? Maybe not, but is it crazy to say 15-0? and Maybe not necessarily. So um, those three position groups do have to be, um, you know, playing at the ceiling of what we think their potential is right now. Yeah, in order for that to happen,
1: we got to get our boy Rashad Reynolds back on the podcast talking about. Uh, yes, these, lo- these lockdown corners. Um, I know that the microscope is on the the cornerback group, especially it's going to be when you lose players like Alex Austin and, and Rayshon Wright. Yeah, uh, I'm less worried about safety. You know, lo- losing Jaden Grant has done as much for. <laughs> Beaver Nation, as, as as any student athlete probably ever, yeah. uh, but just with Oladapo and you know Julian coming back and the type of uh, athletes we've got, but um, yeah, all all good choices. Um, I'm I'm really really excited uh, to get into this and uh, to, to start seeing them playing other competition. Uh, that competition will be San Jose State, the <laughs> aforementioned San Jose State Spartans. If you want to be a sicko. Like your boy, you can watch the San Jose State Spartans this week. They're playing uh, a team we used to fuck with, the USC Trojans, a uh, B- Big Ten's finest <laughs> USC Trojans, who are not on our schedule uh, this year. Go to hell, USC! Yeah, uh, but they will be. They are one of the uh, few Week Zero matchups: San Jose State at USC, uh, which will be at I believe. Is it 6 p.m. Pacific time? I looked it up. It's whatever. I'm Pac-12 Network. Who gives a shit? It's not a Mountain West team is playing a Big Ten team on Pac-12 Network. This all makes a ton of sense. (laughs) (laughs) Who gives a shit? Uh, But if you're you're curious about the Spartans, who uh, had an encouraging year last year, uh, give 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 them a watch. Uh, But only. Somehow find a way for your viewership to only count towards San Jose state and not USC, like call Nielsen's ratings and be like, I just so you know, I was not tuning in to watch the USC Trojans, those
0: (laughs) murderous trolls. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think uh i think ryan gunderson might still be coaching at san jose state or maybe he uh, i think he moved on to ucla actually yeah he, he was he, he was at san jose state for a long time but, yeah he loved
1: gundy and he yeah. was at san jose state yeah at one yep. time
0: did I tell you I went to grade school, high school, and college with Ryan Gunderson? Have I mentioned that before?
1: I think you have.
0: Yeah? yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What is a Central Catholic mascot again? Rams. Central
2: Catholic Rams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Nice.
0: And it works perfect because the CC oh. are little ram horns if you turn huh. them around.
2: Yeah. Did we already mention, though, we got a root for Brent, Brent Brennan, San Jose State's coach? We have what? not mentioned that. Oregon State Brent or Brent. wide yeah. uh, right receiver's coach? Uh-uh. There's, yeah, fun.
1: there's actually there's a lot of um, Oregon State ties. That yeah, San Jose State organization.
2: Yep. Well, uh, let's just remember that Coach Brennan brought us the likes of uh, James Rogers, Brandon Cooks, Wheaton. All those guys uh, were there from uh, what eleven to uh, sixteen, looks like, it was the last year that um, Brennan was at OSC before he made the jump to the San Jose State. So. Well, thank you, Coach Brennan. Please
1: take it easy on us on September third. <laughs> I wish you, I wish you luck every other day of this season with the exception of September 3rd. Uh, Sunday. Remember, that, that first game on a Sunday is going to feel weird. It All will. Other games happening on Saturday, September. I'm 7th. not
2: happy about that. Yeah. No, I'd,
1: I'd kind of rather have it be like a Thursday or Friday game just so that you like kind of get out of the way and then it's like the rest yeah. of the weekend. You're just like not on edge.
0: It would also be nice because it'd be a short week for San Jose State. I'm not totally loving the fact that they get a yeah. game to, to sort they, of warm they up. work
1: out their kinks yeah. against some whack fuck Midwestern Big Ten team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah. stole the words right out of my mouth
1: yeah mm-hmm. usc was that university of south dakota concordia or something <laughs> uh it's 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 been it's been a long episode all right um we, we got to move on from football we've got plenty of football talk coming again next week with the annual predictions episode uh benny in one one sentence how how lit will next week's predictions episode be
0: it will be so lit.
1: that's could it, I said Did you say it in one word? I said one sentence. Oh. oh,
0: if it was one word, I would say lit. Hmm. lit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm.
2: If it was one word, lit. Be, hmm. yeah. Can't we'll have, get
0: any better than lit. We'll have our shit
1: together next week, folks. Anyway, tune into the predictions. Episode, Solid, please. Be solid. Our shit's together. Our shit is together. Yeah. Not as together. Look at this segue. Uh Not as together as Oregon State women's soccer goalkeeper Haley Cole Uh, keeps her shit together when she's on the line facing a a decisive penalty kick. Fucking Brianna Scurry looking move. Or more recently, Oregon State Bridget Skiba looking move. Haley Cole denying the San Francisco Dons who were about to taste, grasp, snatch, victory out of the jaws of defeat, or tying out of the jaws of defeat, and Haley Cole, the incredible, the incomparable, the so magnificent, safe. the tremendous, the transcendent Haley Cole said. Nah. And had one of the greater penalty kick saves I've seen in some time. And Oregon State women's soccer opens the season with a one nil victory over the yeah. University of San Francisco Dons. I've watched this save like a hundred times by now.
2: It's like it's the most improbable looking save uh that I think I've seen in a long time. It, uh, the trajectory with which it like ricochets
1: off. Haley's glove yeah. makes it look like it hit the post. Like this was not a shitty penalty kick.
2: And it wasn't that like
1: it was it was a perfectly taken PK.
2: Yeah. And it, and and that's what I'm saying and it was like in order to have a save that looks and sounds and yeah. everything like it did, you have to have bit like beat that person's brain to the punch and be like I'm going this way and right. I'm going to make you do it too. Like there's no other feasible way to like describe how, uh, I, I mean, successfully she stopped that PK, it was insane, right? And w- In a, a, a good kick, nonetheless. Good, good,
1: good kick. Um, yeah, and we had talked with um, coach Lawrence and about Haley last year, that was her first year starting. She has some big shoes to fill Uh, aforementioned Bridget Skiba, who had been a great goalkeeper at Oregon state playing in Mexico. Heard of it. Mexican soccer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They care a
0: little bit. I think
1: they do. Yeah. They, they, they do a a little Um, and has uh, just, you know, a lot of of, of like big, big shoes to step into and has just, you know, did a great job for the team last year. And in a big moment there made it, made a huge play. And uh, I don't know if it actually got labeled as Sports Center's number one, but it should but, have. But <laughs> the, does the, anyone the, watch I, ESPN I, anymore? I, I don't nope. know. what what is what is that? I, I only stream things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, shout out Haley Cole, shout out uh, Lauren Nicola and the Oregon State uh, women's soccer team. You can catch them again in action this Thursday. In Corvallis, two p.m. Pacific time, against uh, UC San Diego, um, they dropped a tough one to Santa Clara. But Santa Clara is one of those teams that's just like annoyingly good, so that doesn't count. I'm choosing not to count it. They're like and, top twenty. Yeah, they're Santa Clara is like just you know, it's like the Wehage index for judging college baseball teams. Like yeah. you just know Santa Clara is good at soccer
0: for sure.
1: It's their, their logo. Yeah. It's like S and C that's what that I we? Sh- I think San Jose state is opening against the fo- the men's football team from university of Santa Clara. And that's what USC stands for. <laughs> Why would it why would it be on Pac twelve otherwise? The USC Trojans play in a Midwestern conference. I don't see why they would be on the Pac twelve <laughs> network.
0: They're too busy playing a game in New Jersey.
1: Right. Yeah, they're I think they've they've already loaded up the wagons to head to Pixkatani, Schenectady, whatever, New Jersey. Uh the the home per of New Jersey. Per, 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 per I smoked <laughs> pot with Persnickety jersey, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> um but once again, shout out Haley Nicole, the number one goalkeeper of our hearts. Uh, great save. Great save, Haley. And we know it's the first of many to come. Um, also, starting August 26th, you got to be real, real sick of shit to be into the FIBA Basketball World Cup. Mm. But I'm into it. Not only because it appears that half of the Timberwolves are on some country's <laughs> roster. Uh, JP, did you see what your coach said about my favorite player? Your favorite no. coach said about my favorite he said, "No doubt about it, Anthony Edwards is the guy."
0: Oh, oh!
1: Start so Edwards, Edwards the, par- the dubs confirmed. Start planning the parade route. Timberwolves fans, we're coming. <laughs> this is a Timberwolves podcast. I'm just really excited, but not as excited as I am to watch the Thompson brothers hoop it up for Team Puerto Rico.
0: Yeah, let's go. Steven
1: and Stevie, they uh, will begin play. Uh, representing um, the nation of Puerto Rico. Started August 26th with group play. Uh, they are in a group with South Sudan, Serbia, and China. And it is a cool tournament. It genuinely, genuinely is. If you're just... You know, missing men's basketball and want to watch want to watch some good hoops. It'll be a tournament that the the U.S. are the favorites, but they're not the heavy favorites because uh, other than Anthony Edwards, it's 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 not an All Star squad. And this is just me reminding you that Anthony Edwards was an NBA All Star. <laughs> for, for for my favorite team last year. Uh, Benny, Damian Lillard is not playing in the FIBA World Cup. He's mm. not playing for the USA. He's not playing for the Miami Heat. And he's not playing for the Portland Trailblazers at present. But if we get an update, we'll let you know. Thanks. As for all the bl- other Blazer fans who are listening to the show. Uh, very sorry about how this has turned out. Because I really think. It could have been prevented, but this isn't a Damian Lillard segment. It's a Thompson brothers. Yay! <laughs> so I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. Give me your favorite Ethan Thompson moment and your favorite Stevie Thompson. Oh, moment. can we just do one each? That I'm asking for one each.
2: Oh, okay, okay. No, no. All one is, each
1: of us picks one brother. I've, picks a moment. <laughs> All right, but Benny gets to go first.
0: Uh, well, Ethan Thompson's ability to lead us to the elite eight was pretty amazing. <laughs>
1: that was like. 800 moments but yeah. i'll take it i'll take yeah even getting uh he was the pac 12 tournament uh mvp uh for those listening the pac 12 used to be a conference based in the pacific region of the united states of america <laughs> it was known as the conference of champions for winning more national championships than any other conference and uh it Disintegrated for reasons still unknown. But Ethan Thompson was named the MVP of the 2021 Pac 12 tournament. Yeah. Eventually let his team do the Elite Eight.
0: Yep. Yep. It was uh, uh, a group of moments that I will never forget. It it truly was amazing.
1: How about that second round game?
0: That was against Tennessee? No, that was the first round game. Second round game. We played played Oklahoma State.
1: We played a lot of other orange teams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you might remember Oklahoma State. Had a player named Cade Cunningham yeah. who went on to be the number one overall pick and did have a good game, but, but he not that as impactful
2: as. Uh, yeah.
1: All right, JP, talk about the time Stevie Thompson Jr. hit that three to beat Washington at the buzzer.
2: No, that wasn't going to be mine. <laughs> I, I, wasn't? I actually. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean that was really fun, and then he did it again, like what, like a, a year later, or whatever shot, it was. Big shot, Stevie. Yeah, it was that, was, uh, that was fun, and that was like at a time when we kind of just needed like some good shots in the arm, or we were like expectations are starting to. You know, way on us because we had these guys and they're they're working their way through the system and we need to see the results. And he kind of gave us those those shots with those uh, with those game winners. But I'm gonna actually say my favorite moment is gonna be personal and that's gonna be when uh, I have both of the Thompson brothers on the old new side of research take a picture with my kid and they obliged and we happy to do so. That was my favorite. Cool. Moment. Yeah. That's something that
1: all of our listeners who aren't your kid can get excited about. That yeah, was the point of the yeah. exercise. Well,
2: if you see if you see them hanging out next to like the uh, the burger stand, right. drinking sodas out of a cup for everyone in Manila at
1: the FIFA World Cup, yeah. the Thompson twins are willing brothers. to take pictures. Thompson brothers, sorry, yeah, they're not the, they're not twins. Uh, the Thompson brothers. That would be such Farm. a
2: surprise. I <laughs> <laughs> would be. take a picture of If you fun. see them drinking a soda by the burger stand, they're, right. they're down. And well, they're also
1: just Stevie Thompson jr. Is three against, to beat Washington. In that great game. That was an epic Mike Parker call. Yep. Yeah, one of what many. The, what, I mean, <laughs> countless. He's a legend. Yeah, he is a legend, but still one of, one of my favorites. That was just, that was such that 2016 team that gets overshadowed. Cause it was one and, one and done against a, uh, Better, better than we deserved. VCU team that they got matched up against, but that uh without back to the tournament was without. That's right. Twenty sixteen was a fun season with like, if any team deserved like the the common moniker of being the cardiac kids, it was that team because it was just like nothing could just be. Every game was close. Um, we're we're supposed to talk about the Thompson brothers, but I remember that. Uh sweet little like loop around up and under that Malcolm DeVivier hit to beat Arizona at Gill when Arizona was ranked like seven or eight or something like that. Uh The big, big 12 giant Arizona uh, for who, who are, who are playing in Corvallis in a conference game for some reason, in a conference that I don't think exists any longer. I said, I was the rest of the episode, but I'm doing it. I'm riffing. I'm three silver bullets deep and I don't care. About the stutes who are ruining this shit, because uh, I'm happy right now, and I'm happy that we are now to the end of the 104th episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. Thank you so much, dear listener, for taking the time. Hey, uh, shout to out to Jack Coletto, out with us. JP. Yeah. Shout out Jack Coletto and. Niner you guys have made it ninety six minutes into the episode without talking uh, about nice. Jack Coletto scoring a touchdown in an NFL game. You guys get. I'm dyslexic you get, and
2: it is noise. Now, you, yeah, get, now you get now you get
1: now you get ninety six seconds to talk about <laughs> Jack Coletto and the touchdown that he scored for the San Francisco 49ers. It was so zoin. <laughs> it was so what?
0: Zoin. <laughs> oh, and this. Canceled. The zoniest.
2: 96 is so zoin
1: I, I cannot handle this. Uh Jack Coletto, if you're listening, I am deeply sorry for my co-host inability to, to, to cover a massive achievement in your life. We uh, did. Uh, he did. <laughs> we said it was so zoin.
0: The first zine <laughs> so ever. Zoin. Oh yes, I'm gonna say that a lot. I
1: think <laughs> you've already you've already said it plenty. <laughs> Jack Coletta, the Jackhammer. Touchdown! Touchdown! Jackhammer! Touchdown! Jackrabbits! In an actual NFL game, the yeah. Niners start playing the parade route. Niners fans, hell yeah! I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with the Niners winning the Super Bowl. I've decided.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we
1: got to put the the clamps down on this episode and put it to bed. Uh, that misery. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're still listening to this. <laughs> one why two thank you um <laughs> we really appreciate the support you. we appreciate you holding us down <laughs> i don't think i understand this new term but i'm rolling with it um for all of us here at the belligerent Beast podcast including the one who's wearing a teal san antonio spurs snapback which matches a teal lord of marlins jersey uh, Benny, stand up so I can see your 1998 Jacksonville Jaguars sweatpants.
0: Yeah, it's funny. They're all in the same conference. They're,
1: they're, 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 that, that's the Pack 3 actually. Uh, Spurs, Marlins, Jags. And yeah, it, it makes sense. Don't ask questions. Uh, he's Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Wehage, a.k.a. Benny with the good coif. AKA Benny Bowl game, aka Benny Blastoff, aka Benny Burner, aka Benny Bedlam, because he's fucking crazy, folks. You can follow him on all of the social medias that he has and all of the social medias that he soon will have at Benny nineteen eighty six, posting shit, getting tons of engagement, fighting with people, not uh, actually so people. having having reasonable conversations with like the only two and a half reasonable duck fans who exist. Your last <laughs> yeah. Your la- like your latest Twitter or X, Twitter X, X Twitter, whatever the fuck it's fuck fuck Elon, it's so stupid. on that random website that we're all still on for some reason. Uh, it's been really tame and really mild. or like really just not chaotic or violent at all and I don't know what to do with it. Um, but you'll be you'll yeah. be getting after it. Like once football season starts, then you watch out.
0: Yeah. Oh I, God. Yeah.
1: Hi, hide your kids. Hide your wife.
0: Hide. Yeah. Leave your kids Benny's, at home.
1: Benny's tweeting everything <laughs> up, <laughs> up and down here. And of course, uh, the super, uh, super not not producer because we have a super secret producer, but the man on the ones and twos doing all of the hard work. Uh, and designing the baller merch that you are ordering right now from belligerentbeeves.com/slash merch. That's JP Bertram at JP Bertram on Instagram. Instagram, sorry, at still <laughs> has bleached hair in Northeast Portland. It's getting it's get getting it long. He's at at getting his bleached hair cut soon, <laughs> soon-ish, probably by the time you're listening to this. And at the Trio J on Twitter, that's at the underscore Trio underscore J because he's too real to be real my name is Terry Horstman at Terry Horstman on fuck that website and at Terrence Horstman on instagram.com uh please give each yet? of us a follow uh no I dude what's funny is I uh joined a, some I joined something called threads that's like a, a slack feature And after I joined, I was just like, just an FYI, we are not the Instagram. We're not the app threads affiliated with Instagram. If you want that, you have to go to Instagram in the app store or whatever. So I don't have – I have a version. I have a threads that no one else in the world is on. Oh, I bet
0: ask. a lot of people are if they had that message on them. <laughs> yeah,
1: on right. Screen. So I so if you're on the wrong threads, hit me up. I'm at Terry Horseman <laughs> on that too. Um, I uh, am absolutely am, am not uh am not checking it. Um but please, please um give uh, any any of us a follow on this or threads. Um if you want to. Um, and also shout out to Brittany Rose. That's at Brittany, you didn't make this easy for yourself. I'm trying to be at Brittany. Brittany with two I's, two T's, two Y's, and Rose with two E's. Any uh, underscores? No. my Host of at Big Twelve <laughs> After Dark. <laughs> Sorry. That wasn't my smoothest shout out, Britney. I apologize. Um we'll we'll tweet it to to make it, to make it easier. Um anyway <laughs> and also please you can follow the belligerent beeves anywhere at beeves on Twitter at belligerent beeves on Instagram on Facebook on Threads on Blue Sky on TikTok on YouTube, YouTube on Cool Merch on Friendster on uh, limewire follow us on limewire and crash your parents computer in 2002 uh follow us on uh friendster and get catfished in 2001 <laughs> um, follow us on wiki dot to catch a predator dot fandom uh, <laughs> yeah follow oh, us T-cap. on NBC's Chris Hansen fan club <laughs> um okay and just belligerentbeefs.com yeah and tune in again next week to another episode the annual predictions episode which is always a fun time ooh yes episode of the podcast Benny Benny's going Benny's not sleeping this week he's just going to work on all of the 42 to 14 <laughs> victories he'll <will> be
2: predicting <laughs> the we age before oh, we age it Can't will happen wait.
1: love you guys Always love seeing the good quaff and uh, the bleach bomb on my Zoom screen. Uh, thank you guys for doing a 104th episode with me. I appreciate it. It's it's hell fun. yeah. It's fun to have friends. It is. Yes. And shout it's out to great. you, the listener. We're so happy you're here. Tune in again next week. Recommend the show to a friend. Rate and review five stars wherever you get your. Podcasts, and before you do any of that make sure you remember in these trying times that no matter what anyone says or how hard they try you cannot spell chop them
0: without hope so chop them chop them chop them and bring back bernice and we're gonna have the zoiniest season
1: (laughs) i hate it